1: Welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the programme this week, we preview the 16th edition of Super Rugby, which begins this week with an extra team, a new format and the Rugby World Cup looming. While Tanarumanga turns back time, Ali Williams is simply looking forward to getting some time on the field. We preview the Cricket World Cup, And what does the future hold for the rising Phoenix football star Marco Rojas? The new Super Rugby competition gets underway this week with an extra team, a new format and the World Cup hanging over the heads of many of the players. The Hurricanes host the Highlanders in the first of a number of local derbies in this year's competition, with two new coaches getting their first taste of leading a side at this level. And while most are trying to ignore, for now at least, the big tournament later this year, our rugby reporter Barry Guy says it's hard to avoid.
2: The start of the World Cup is seven months away, and first our top players have to get through almost five months of Super Rugby, and then the shortened Tri-Nations competition. More matches for the franchises. A team could play as many as 19 games if they make the Super Rugby final. The Chiefs all-black fullback Mills Muliaina doesn't see any problems with players getting through to the World Cup.
0: Managing the squad, I think with the, with the bigger squads and managing your players and making sure that uh, you know guys are on edge and making sure they're excited and being able to well not so much rotate but manage a, a lot of the key guys that perhaps would play a lot of the season. So I think that's going to be a key. But, but also the, the fact that uh, you've got to play when you get your opportunity, you make sure you're, you're putting your hand up and you're playing some good rugby.
2: So does that mean they'll be playing the game any differently during the Super Rugby season because they've got the World Cup in the back of their mind? The Blues coach Pat Lamb doesn't think so.
3: It's such a long competition if you look too far away and it does go fast once you get going and so if you look too far ahead like we did at times last year and that's what, you know was our downfall too with the consistency so all the teams will be doing that this year. They all know the, the final thing for, for the rugby players and, and the supporting public and fans is the World Cup but... There's a long way to go before we hit there.
2: Even though the All Black Selectors probably have the bulk of their World Cup squad decided, there will be a few places up for grabs, and they'll be hoping for some outstanding performances during the Super Rugby season. The Crusaders' assistant coach Daryl Gibson believes centre Robbie Fruin could be one of those. The Crusaders have backed their success on the use of a strong squad, and Gibson says that will be even more important this year, having to play home and away matches against the other New Zealand sides.
4: It's going to be extremely difficult to win this competition based on the fact that to qualify for the um, playoffs you have to win your conference and look at your bigger position in terms of uh, where you are in the the wider competition. So we believe the New Zealand Conference is the strongest out of all the conferences and the most difficult to win. So um, the chances of a
2: New Zealand winner this year in the competition must be very high because whoever comes out of our conference first is going to have to be, you know, the top dog. The Hurricanes, under the guidance of former Crusaders assistant Mark Hammett, will tonight host the Highlanders, who are now coached by former Wellington mentor Jamie Joseph. In stark contrast to when he played down there, the Otago flavour is almost non-existent, with just six players from the province in the Highlanders' 32-man squad. It's another big task for the Southern men this year, and so will Joseph be given a period of grace by the fans to get the Highlanders back on track
3: certainly being welcomed when i'm walking around town or whatever i think the team has been operating poorly for such a long time i mean last year 12th year before 11th year before that 11th year before that 9th so forth so i think the air of expectation has gone a bit because of those results in the public here of just wanting to follow something that's really positive and that's my job
2: So, there are three conferences, one in each country, and each team will play teams in their conference, home and away, as well as four of the five teams from the other conferences, either home or away. The top team from each conference qualifies for the playoffs, along with the three teams who accumulate the next highest points, regardless of country. The New South Wales Waratahs and the South African side, the Bulls, should again be the other leading contenders. In the opening round,
1: the Hurricanes host the Highlanders, the Blues host the Crusaders and the Chiefs are in Canberra to play the ACT Brumbies. The new competition also marks the return of its oldest player, former All-Black captain Tana Umanga, in the Chiefs' starting lineup. up Umanga will turn 38 in May, and he last played for the Hurricanes in 2007, after which he left for France to play for Toulon. He returned last year and played for Counties Manukau in the national-provincial competition – and was persuaded by Chiefs coach Jen Foster to return to the Super Rugby competition.
5: We really feel he's settled in well, and whilst there's plenty of competition in the midfield at the moment, we really felt that best thing for Tana is to get him on the park early, get him settling into the campaign, and you know, he, and get through that excitement of of playing his first game back in Super Rugby. So, you know, he, he's earned it, and uh, I know that he can't wait to get on the park.
2: So just a normal selection as far as he was concerned? I mean, perhaps was he expecting it or, uh, you know, did you discuss things with him?
5: Yeah, well, we'd we'd given him a broad outline of what we're looking at, but, you know, whether he was going to start this game or not wasn't sort of made clear. You know, he had to go through the pre-season like everyone else, but, you know, and we're pretty happy with the form of Sweeney, Willison and Takula, to be honest, through the pre-season. But I just felt with... Patana, he's he's coming back into Super Rugby. It's his first time with the Chiefs, and I think he'll settle in a lot better by um by being in the starting lineup for round one.
2: And how much do you hope to get out of him?
5: I'm not sure. You know, it's we're going in with a pretty much an open mind, but um see how it rolls.
2: That's Chiefs
1: coach Ian Foster talking to Barry Guide, and another player who's missed a lot of Super Rugby in the past couple of years is Blues lock Ali Williams. Williams hasn't played a competition match for the Blues since 2009, having been beset by Achilles and shoulder injuries, which have also kept him out of the All Blacks. He's finally fit again, and he's spent a few weeks recently playing English club rugby to regain some match fitness. He spoke to Murray Williams about a very frustrating couple of years, and how much he's looking forward to playing the Crusaders in the opening round. There's no way that I'm not going to get up or excited
4: for this game, but... Let's be honest, I've just got to work on step-by-step step and do the simple things right. I mean, that, that is purely my focus, is doing the simple things right. How much does that, the the
2: injury, the manner of, I mean, we recall talking to you the last time you, when you had the Achilles and you said it felt like someone had shot you. Does that sort of play in the back of your mind at all? I mean, physically you'd know you're right, but is there any sort of little doubt
4: there? That oh, don't not want really. to have, no? no, not really, no. It's just what it is, man. I'm running, I'm just as capable as these boys. Then beat a few in the old fitness test, so no, that's, that's I mean, been and gone yeah. and you're, you're happy with the, the, the state of the game as it is now with the rule changes and the, the increased emphasis on ball in hand for the for the attacking team And does, does that suit the way you've played oh look it, it definitely suits my my style of rugby and, um, and and I think not so much about myself but I think people enjoy watching it they thoroughly enjoy it it's a faster game and you're challenging more people and we're seeing the ball um, moving in people's hands rather than moving in the air from someone's boots so, yeah. and your own uh your own time factor I guess, you've done what had about 40 minutes to an hour in, in pre-season games, how, how much time would you be happy with uh, Saturday night? I'd be happy with the whole game anything less than... Are you, I up, feel, you up to it? Yeah definitely, anything less than I feel like I've, uh, you know, I've, I've ripped the team off so physically I'm exactly the same, I did a speed test my speed wasn't, hadn't dropped at all so physically I'm, I'm exactly where I was um, in terms of game related and Time on the field, or it's pretty obvious I'm I'm not where I was uh, two years ago. So and that's the only way that that improves is, is being on the park. And you're not going to see a miracle out there. You're not going to see a world beater out there. You're going to see someone that wants to be out there and, and, and loves playing rugby and is excited to to be here at Eden Park. What do you make of the new crop of locks that have emerged in your absence? Yeah, they're pretty special, aren't they? Some of them are, uh, are very special athletes, but once again, I mean, that, that is the beauty of New Zealand rugby, is when, when someone is not there or absent, then uh, there's other guys to, to challenge and get better, and um, these guys have definitely done that, and what we all want to see is the bar getting lifted, and that's exactly what they've done, and now it's, it's up to the people that want that, or want those positions to, to lift the bar even more. Yeah, and what do you think of the uh, the new format of the competition, the the conferences, and the increased emphasis on, on uh, home derbies? I think it's brilliant. I think... Um, I think it really opens us up to not only sort of a New Zealand-Australia-South Africa competition with only attacks that interest, but obviously world interest. Um, New Zealand home derbies are always big, which we all know, Crusader Blues games. So well, I think it's perfect spectacle, and the best thing about it is it opens um, room for further development to the game, um, and, and, and more teams coming in, which we all know that this is not just a a competing game against cricket or, or rugby league or something. It's a competing against every sport in the world. So and you get brilliant. to play
2: Melbourne and uh, and try and make a wee dent in the
4: in the AFL. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, pe- people's interests uh, are definitely
1: growing in rugby. And it's brilliant. That's Ali Williams talking to Murray Williams. The cricket World Cup begins in India, Sri Lanka, and Bangladesh this weekend. With the defending champions Australia chasing a fourth straight title. But Australia aren't the side they once were, with hosts India favoured to win the title this year. The Black Caps have reached the semi-finals three times at the past five tournaments, but their recent form suggests simply getting past pool play may be a struggle. I spoke to the former Australian fast bowler Craig McDermott, who played 71 tests and 138 one-day internationals, and asked him how he sees the tournament unfolding.
3: They've got a team that can actually win the World Cup. Um, they're just going to have to play to their ability. Obviously, some of our batsmen have been a little bit light on for runs during the summer, so you know they've got to get themselves into some form where they some, score some runs, and uh, and we've got to bowl tightly. Um, the subcontinent is a place that uh, is pretty unforgiving as far as bowlers go. Although, as we've seen with the you know the invention of T20 cricket, uh, spinners play a pretty important game, pretty important part in T20 cricket as they do in One Day cricket, but. Uh, you know, we've just got to make sure that we're on top of our game.
1: Should Michael Hussey have been taken?
3: Um, obviously he, he didn't pass the fitness test so you know a World Cup's not somewhere you want to take someone who obviously is not a 100 percent fit so you know um, they'll miss the that experience
1: though won't they
3: um, Yes, um, certainly he's a very experienced player and a very good player but um, you know there's no point having somebody on tour that um, once you're committed. You can't replace, so you just you just got to make sure that uh, your, your whole squad is 100 percent ready to go.
1: The Aussie team's not what it what it once was, is it? Is that simply because of the the loss of sort of obviously big names like McGrath and and Warren and Hayden, or is there there more to it?
3: Oh no, I don't think so. I think that uh, you know I think our team is is a good team. It just hasn't played to its um, capabilities over the last sort of uh, particularly the last sort of you know, six to twelve months. So. You know, it's uh, certainly the loss of Warner McGrath and, you know, shortly, you know, there's other senior players that may retire from the game as well. So every country goes through a rebuilding phase and uh, I'm not saying we're rebuilding, but certainly there's some players there that will be missed when they go. And we've, as we know, we've already miss McGrath and, and Warner. So it's been very difficult to replace Warner from a spinner's perspective. So, um, you know... We still have a team that can win the World Cup. I've no doubt about that if they play their ability.
1: Do you think we're going to see maybe a few, few more upsets of this tournament, given the the nature of of the wickets, which obviously the on the subcontinent take a take a bit of spin and seem to be bouncing a bit too.
3: Yeah, look, um, oh, it's, I've won a World Cup myself in the in the, world, in the in the subcontinent. It's 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 not a a, a brilliant place to be playing cricket, but certainly. Um, it's a the the wickets have got plenty of runs in them, and you've got to bowl tightly and you've got to feel well I mean teams who feel well in the subcontinent bowl and feel well traditionally do very well i mean um if you if you can't bowl sides out uh or you can't defend totals that you've set well you're you're not going to win a game, so you know you can you can score 280, 300 runs in a one day game and if you if you don't bowl well and feel well, well you're still going to lose.
1: The South Africans and the Indians that seem to be the, the main contenders you, you agree with that
3: yeah they've probably got the, they 've probably been fairly strong in the last uh, sort of eighteen months in the game and you know i don 't discount India or Pakistan as well, so you know those sides can play well on their day you know one day cricket is something that particularly a world cup um, if you can string three or four wins together, you can find yourself in the in the finals pretty quickly so um, and vice versa if you if you have a couple of off days, you can find yourself out of the out of the World Cup final. So you know every team's got to make sure that they're ready to rock on any particular day.
1: I was talking to former Australian fast bowler Craig McDermott. Whether or not the Wellington Phoenix remain in the A League finals playoff race, one player has already stamped his mark on the competition this year. just five foot six and weighing sixty three kilograms, the nineteen year old Marco Rojas is. Hardly a heavyweight in the competition, but he's certainly a key player in the Phoenix lineup. With striker Paul Eiffel and midfielder Leo Bertos injured on the sidelines for lengthy spells, Rojas has stepped up and become the creative playmaker of the side. I asked Paul Eiffel, who's played for English clubs Millwall, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace what the future holds for Rojas and just how far can he go?
0: For me he's the best young player in Australia or New Zealand at the moment and uh... You know, people have started taking notice, um, but he still keeps going out there doing it week in, week out, and that's the that's the main thing. Someone at someone of his age, to be able to sort of do it consistently. Um, I think at 19, most people flit in and out of form and you know, in and out of the team. But at the moment, he's probably the first name on the team sheet, and he's been, you know, giving defenders trouble for from start to finish and it's, it's great to see
1: what does he need to do to, to cope with I suppose the physicality that's going to come his way given he's so small
0: um, I think it just it's just going to happen but I don't think him being small is a hindrance I think that's why he manages to do the things he can do you know ride tackles and and I think it's the more you get kicked the more you realize that you have to ride these things and I've noticed in the last few weeks that um, after getting kicked he sort of gets up dusts himself down and gets on with it again and, and wants the ball back whereas when he first started getting in the team that was maybe a little bit different you know he got kicked maybe he didn't want the ball the next time but at the moment he wants the ball all the time and I say just keep giving it to him you know because there's nobody in the league who can do you know the things he can do at the moment so I think you've got to utilize that. And his future where would you see his future going? <laughs> I hope his future's here um, you know for the short term I think the sky's the limit for him um, I mean I've, I've spoke to him at length um, trying to persuade him to stay, um, I think it, for his development it's the best thing for him. Um, I don't think there's a better place for him. You know, he knows all the lads. He's just starting to become, you know, a big member in the team. Um, we all look, look to him to to produce things for us, and I think it's a good a good position for he, him to be in at his sort of tender age because. I've seen players, you know, with that sort of ability, go somewhere else, not getting the team, and all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't need to be playing youth team football. He needs to be playing men's football, and, and I think you can see he's coming on week in, week out from that. So, I think it's important that he stays for another year. Um, I'm not him, so I can't make him do it. Unfortunately, I'll try and twist his arm. Um, I think he'll make the right decision. I think he's a smart lad. Um, I hope it sort of just comes from him um, and not any outside influences at all. I think it's got to be down to, you know, the person involved. Um, and, and touch wood, he makes the right decision because it would be nice to uh, have a full season with him next year. Uh, further afield from that, where, where could you see his career going? Um, I think the sky's the limit. I think, honestly, if he does the right things and listens to the right people and, and keeps his head down, you know, he's, a, he's an intelligent lad uh, as well as an intelligent footballer. And he's, the thing about him is he likes to, likes to listen and learn, he, he's hungry to learn, which is which is great at that age, you know. um, If you're willing to do that, you've got a a big chance. I can see him playing overseas, and I can see him being one of the stars of the All-Whites of the future, hopefully.
1: I was talking with Phoenix striker Paul Eiffel. And that brings us to the end of the programme for this week. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson.